From the Diocese of Gallup, welcome to Crozier Cast. I'm Director of Communications, Suzanne Hammonds, and as always with me is your host, Bishop Wall. Bishop Wall, how are you today? I'm okay. How are you doing, Suzanne? Okay. Yeah, I think that's a good sums up our <laughs> current situation. Um, today we wanted to talk a little bit about um, sort of a more relevant topic, which is, I mean, with everything going on, especially that we had a, our last episode on the coronavirus and how people can... Um, sort of keep the faith during that, but now we're seeing, um, as of this recording, it's been about, uh, what, a week since the killing of George Floyd and the sort of the nationwide fallout from all of that, so we thought it'd be good to talk about, uh, especially what Catholics can do to keep, you know, how should we react during a time like this? You know, it's it's not the first time we've seen this kind of killing of a, an unarmed person and then, you know, protests or um, reactions but it, it, this one feels especially relevant, I guess, you know, because it, um, as with everything else that's happened this year, and then it seems like it almost immediately ignited this, this movement again around the country. So um, what are your thoughts kind of on this situation? Yeah, I, I mean, I think we've all seen that video of, the, of George Floyd with the police officer's knee on his neck and him, you know, literally pleading, you know, for his life. And people around saying, you know, you, you can't breathe, you, you, and you just, I mean, it was just, it was one of the saddest things I've ever seen in my life. It was just so evil. And, um, and, and so it was, yeah, I, I, again, I just don't, I don't know even how to put words to it. Because I've never seen anything like that in my life, and this this thing went viral, mm-hmm. and rightfully so, it should have gone viral because, you know, we need to call people's attention to, you know, the, these atrocities when these things do happen. Man, he was murdered, and he was murdered in broad daylight, and um, uh, it just it was horrible, 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 and. Um, so I think for my my first reaction to this, and it's always my first reaction, um, is uh, well, probably first was just sadness and mm-hmm. shock and disbelief. But I'd say the first thing I did after that was just prayed. So I prayed immediately, prayed for the repose of his soul, of um, of George Floyd, and then I prayed for comfort and consolation for his family because I think I, I saw an interview with his fiance and he just felt so sorry for her and um and then do you know I, I prayed for the, the conversion of the hearts of, of the officers that were involved in this and you can see it they're all kind of evolved in, in different levels I guess what I could see at least and um obviously the main one is this the officer who's since been fired and charged um I prayed for his conversion of soul because I think anytime anybody cooperates with evil, anybody time anybody commits a sin, to realize that that's that's not who we are and that's not what we're made for. We're um, we're made to know and to love God and to made to uh, to love our neighbors as ourselves. And so, anytime we cooperate with anything contrary to that, we're not being the, the people that God has created us to be. So that that was you know that was one of the things, and I'm I'm praying that he has a has a conversion, and I'm hoping that he you know he regrets what he did. I I don't know I don't know I don't know the man. I could just see what would happen what had happened, 
but it was it was really really sad so i guess that's you know my go-to and i think our go-to should always be prayer and never underestimate underestimate the power of prayer either yeah i think one of the things that bothers me about this too is that it feels like nowadays we all immediately have to take some kind of side you know so polarized yeah and it's like it it oftentimes it feels like these issues pit us against each other Mm -hmm. instead of us all working together oftentimes you know it might be an institution of of power of some kind that maybe there's a flaw in there but instead we uh sort of sort of i don't know in the last 10 years it feels like we've started looking more and more with enmity on our fellow citizens for the things that don't matter you know so um do you have any ideas for for people that want to have some kind of productive reaction to this what would you recommend they do you know there's prayer of course prayer obviously you know i i I think one of the things we want to take advantage of too is we're here in the in the generation of social media and as we can see social media can bring about a lot of change um it gets the message out. i mean that's how the message of this of george floyd being murdered Mm -hmm. that's how that got out and so i think i think we can bring about uh, changes to um, unjust systems uh, through the use of social media. I think that's that's something as well. Um, you know, I, I think in, in, it's a term we use a lot, and it can mean a lot of things, but I think dialogue is so important in this because, um, you know, we have, to, we have to speak, but we also have to listen. It's a, that two-way street. Where people are able to at least you know talk about their frustration, their sadness, the things that they um, that are struggling with, maybe what things are hopeful, all these different things, and we also have to listen too. So it's this two-way street for these things, and I think that's way it can be very, very productive. But when I think when we're we're so polarized, and we vilify somebody who has a different opinion than we do, then there is there we really can't move forward, and all we do is just become entrenched in our camps. And again, and that's that, um, as you say, the enmity that we feel um, toward uh, the other, it just, it just grows and grows and grows. So I, I think that's, that's something that's, that's really important. I know that, you know, this isn't new for us, and I think probably the, the most recent one that gained so much natural, national attention was the killing in Ferguson mm-hmm. in uh, Missouri. And... Um, we saw, you know, a lot of things that that came out of that, and um, I think one of the things that that did come out of that was that we we could see that racism, you know, is alive and well, and you know I hate to use even those terms in relationship to it, but it's strong, and and I think. Many times we will stop and say, well, okay, that was a problem we took care of with Martin Luther King Jr. <laughs> you know, yeah. I think, in the, the, you know, the Freedom Riders, and I think, okay, we've, we've checked that box, now let's move on. We've already dealt with that, but, I mean, you can see it all over the place, it's, it's still there. I mean, we have people in our country, we have fringe groups in our country that are trying to promote a race war, Yeah, which is just absolutely bizarre um it's sad it saddens me i love our country i'm grateful that i get to live here and i'm grateful that i get to grow up here but we have we have there are unjust systems Mm -hmm. that are present 
and um, I, I think that we we should be you know prayerful, we should be productive, and we should really work toward um, uh, changing these unjust systems. Yeah, well, in a way, it's been like that for you know a long time. I mean, you think about the 1800s; there was you know uh, a huge wave of um, like anti-Catholicism tied into being anti anti-immigrant, you know, sure. and all, all kinds of things. You know, going back no to the founding. Yeah, yeah, going back to the founding of our country. You know, it's so. Yeah, I think it's. Um, it might be helpful to remember too that I mean, it doesn't mean that we shouldn't work to change things, but that life on this earth is imperfect and fleeting, you know, and that uh, it's sort of a sign of a fallen world. Yeah. You know, doesn't mean we shouldn't try to fix things, but uh, it's a good reminder to keep our eyes fixed on the next. I would say. Yeah, if you yeah. want to see the consequences of original sin, take a look at what's going on out right now in terms of the violence. Mm -hmm. uh, take a look at the the killing of George Floyd. Take a look at the thousands and millions of babies that are killed each day in the act of abortion. I mean, those are the consequences of original sin. Yeah. Um, do you have anything you wanted to just briefly touch on? I know that we can link to it so people can read it, but the, the U.S. bishops um, put out a document about racism recently, correct? We did. We did. It, it, it came out of a committee that I sit on, and that's the, the Committee of the Cultural Diversity. But the the main committee that did did the real the heavy lifting for that was uh, the um, African American subcommittee. So mm -hmm. it's I'm, I'm the chair of the Native American subcommittee, and it's part of the African American subcommittee. And so it came out of there. So some of the the information in there is concerning the Native American people came out of my subcommittee and the wonderful bishops and and uh, staff that we have on that. But uh, um, Bishop Shelton Fobb, he was the one that, that, like you said, really did the heavy lifting on that and his, the people that work with him. I think it's an excellent letter. I think it was a timely letter, and I mm -hmm. think it was um, a, a good, strong response coming out of Ferguson. Mm -hmm. And so I think it is something that we need to look at again and reread and, and reflect upon and say, okay, uh, how can we apply this to today? Uh, it all has to. It all has to do with just going, changing hearts. Hearts have to be changed. I mean, that police officer that did that. That that was not a loving heart. That yeah. was the complete opposite of it. And so it all has to be about you know transformation, transformation, and changing of hearts. Um, there's a quick little prayer at the end of the 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 uh, uh, novena, or not the novena. I'm sorry, the litany to the Sacred Heart. It says, "Jesus, meek and humble of heart, make my heart like yours." And so if we have a heart like Jesus, we're going to love like Jesus. And we're not going to give in to sin. We're going to, not going to give in to these unjust systems. And, and um, I just think that's, that's important and that's essential. Yeah. I think another thing that kind of sometimes you'll hear people try to dismiss something like this person was violent or had a violent past or people are debating whether George Floyd had drugs or something. But it's like that's sort of irrelevant because every human has dignity, even criminals. Yeah. You know, like it's everybody deserves it's it's. The idea of, of God is that we get going to confession. We're all sinners. We get absolution every time. Created, you know? We're all created in the image and likeness of God. And, and, and I think one of the things that might play into all of this is that that's, one, that's where we're, as a country and as a society, we're, we're moving further and further and further away from God. Mm -hmm. And, you know, the greatest of all commandments is to love the Lord our God with all our, with all our being. And the second is like it to love our neighbor as ourselves. 
and we move off of that, that's no longer our moral compass, um, then, then you know, where, where is it that we're drawing our strength? Where is it that we're going back to in terms of, you know, morally, ethically, how it is that we're, we're to live our lives? And I, I think that's, this is, that's one of the contributing factors to all of this. Mm-hmm. Um, look at George Floyd being killed. Where was God? Mm-hmm. I mean, that, was, that act was an absence of the presence of God. Yeah. Do you have any saints that you think would be good to look to? I know somebody, I wouldn't really have thought of this, but someone actually mentioned that Pope John Paul II is a good someone to look to because he was so, well, first of all, he was so used to standing up to systems, unjust systems, even at the cost of perhaps his own life when he was, sure. you know, like when he was being monitored by the Soviets. But then also as Pope, he traveled to probably what more com- countries than any other Pope. So he was sure. really invested in different cultures and peoples. Yeah, I mean, when you know, he went to Latin America. There were times, and you know, there were you know Marxist, communist factions, factions down there that try to disrupt what he was doing. Mm-hmm. There's this really powerful one where he just calls for silence and just quiets them all. Yeah, because that was the time for the gospel gospel to be heard, for him to preach the good news to the people. So I think JP two would be a great a great saint. Um, another one I would say because. He was our pope during a lot of this 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 unrest that we had uh, during the civil rights movement. Actually, there's two of them. One would be Pope Saint John the Twenty Third, passed away in '63, and then the other would be Pope Saint Paul the Sixth, whose feast day we just recently had. And uh, because he was the the pope from '63 to '78, and that was during a really tumultuous time yeah. uh, throughout the world. I think the big year we all remember. Well, you, we recall, I guess. Some remember, <laughs> some recall. Some it. recall. And, um, and I mean, I was a little guy, but um, was uh, in 1968. Yeah. And that was such a volatile year. Um, you, you know, even even myself, when I was in the late 60s, early, yeah, it was probably late 60s, one of my father's um, students, um, it was in college, uh, he, he came to live with us while he was going to school, and there were six kids, and we had this guy, he was a great guy, Hansel, uh, African-American. Mm. And I even remember in the late 60s, I remember my two brothers getting in fights, and I'm not even gonna use a term that they use, but they were referring to my dad in a certain way because we had an African-American man living in our house. And I remember one time my brother had a, a slumber party, and um, I think three or four in the late 60s, early 70s, three or four of the people didn't come because uh, one or two of the guy, my brother's friends that were invited were African American. Wow. And I just, I just, as a little kid, I remember that and it not making much sense to me. Yeah. And, and is, you know, I'm 55 right now and it still doesn't make any sense to me. I just, I don't, I don't, I don't get it. And I think when you look at that from a, from a, uh, the, the perspective of the gospel, to know that we're all created in the image and likeness of God, that that has to be the starting point for everything that we do, um, then, I mean, that's that really has to be our Lanzianoff point. That has to be our foundation. And, um, and to not see this as, you know, simply a black and white issue, that this, that's, I think that's the other issue that gets us in, in trouble because, it, again, that just can make us uh, it can polarize us even further, um, but to see this really is—I mean, this is an this is an issue of how we as a society um, 
We're either choosing to love or not to love, you know, to, choosing to be just or not to be just. Um, you know, this is a society. Is how do we look at each other? Do we see each other in the, in the creating the image and likeness of God? And if we do that, our actions are going to be very different toward one another. Um, but if not, then what we can do is we can turn, we can start to objectify one another, and that's we see that over and over and over. We see there was an unjust killing of uh, Mr. George Floyd. Um, we see that in the violence and the destruction of people's personal property that's going on right now. Mm -hmm. And then we see this every day in our country, in our world, where the most vulnerable, their lives are being snuffed out uh, within the womb. So we, um, we, unfortunately, as we become a more and more modern society, we seem to be becoming a less and less loving society. Yeah. And I don't think we can give in to that. I've even seen some Catholics try to dismiss one aspect, like trying to pick and choose which parts of church teaching are most important. I know that uh, the uh, Bishop of El Paso mm -hmm. went to Bishop a peaceful, Seitz. yeah, went to, I'll, I'll we'll link to the picture, yeah, went to a peaceful yeah, protest. Good man. Really good man. And he put it on Twitter and someone said, now let's see you protesting outside of uh, Planned Parenthood or in front of, or praying in front of the Eucharist. And, you know, he kind of, his reply oh, he, to that. He does that a lot. Yeah, exactly. His reply to that was, well, I have done that, but also does doing one necessarily negate the other? Yeah. You can do both. You know, you can no, participate he's a, in all these No, he's things. a prayerful and a courageous man. Yeah. Good man. Really good man. And um, he's been a, a strong voice for the immigrant. Yeah. Um, he's been a strong voice for the, for the unborn. He's been a really strong voice. I don't know if a lot of people know this about him, but he's been a real strong voice of... Um, Victims of sexual abuse, especially mm. at the hands of uh, of church workers, he's been a really strong voice for that. Um, he's a he's a man with a big heart and strong conviction, and I was really impressed to see him doing that. Yeah, and not surprised at the same time. Yeah, not at all. And uh, yeah, it's it's just good. it makes me sad again to see that there are Catholics who would critique that. It's like you can, the church. You know, also teaches that racism is evil. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. know, just because you you protest against racism doesn't mean you also don't care about abortion or yeah, things like that. You know, um, and it's not it's not exactly a productive response either. So it's not it's not at all. But no, I I was um, I was really again not surprised and really impressed. And he's a he's a he is a man who really um, proclaims the gospel with his yeah. life. I, I, I bishop. Besides a good man. And real quick before we sort of move into the uh, wrapping up, maybe we can mention one of our our own saints who visited our diocese, uh, St. Catherine Drexel, who in the uh, early part of the century was focused on promoting education for minorities. She was. Schools. I mean, she was. And again, somebody put her money literally put her money where mm -hmm. her mouth was. She was came from. She was a wealthy wealthy person. She asked the Pope to create a, or send a religious order uh, to minister to two underserved portions of our population, African-American, Native American peoples, mm -hmm. um, and so who have a, a history of just being, uh, just their, their treatment in our country has been horrible, mm -hmm. awful. And the Pope said, why don't you start one? And so she did. So she started the Sisters of the Blessed Sacrament who continue mm -hmm. to serve in our diocese. And their, their main goal was education uh, to two groups that were not being properly educated or weren't giving a, a uh, you know, equal, equal yeah. uh, share in the educational system. And so she, uh, she's founded her, her sisters. And so um, 
Native Americans and African Americans. And so I think that's another saint that we can look at and we can ask her for her intercession in, in all of this. And I think we can also be inspired that, that here's somebody that did work for change in a positive way. Yeah, so great. Um, well, as we kind of wrap up here, I mean, a lot of people are saying a lot about this, these recent events, but maybe to, um, from a specific Catholic perspective, is there anything else you'd like, any thoughts you'd like to leave us with? Yeah, yeah. Um, I, you know, we're still in the midst of a pandemic. <laughs> yeah. And that's, I think we need, that's something we need to, to know too. I really worry that with these mass gatherings, um, that's why I think we can really, we can, we can bring about change through social media as well. Yeah. But with these mass gatherings right now, um, I just worry about more people and I, I worry about people, you know, this spiking. And I notice that everybody is wearing masks. Most people are wearing masks, but they're, they're, they're not, uh, the physical distance isn't there and close proximity to one another. And I just worry about that. I mean, that's, that's a concern that I have in our diocese because, um, you know, the Navajo Reservation, the White Mountain Apache Reservation, those two places um, have a higher caseload uh, you know, corona, uh, uh, coronavirus mm -hmm. uh, positive test um, per capita than any state in the United States. Yeah. And so we're, we're still in the midst of that. So I think that's something we need to remember too. Um, but, you know, the, the Pope St. Paul VI in 1972 on the World Day of Peace said, you know, if you, if you want peace, work for justice. Mm -hmm. Great. And I think those are wise words. Awesome. All right. Well, thank you once again, Bishop Paul. And um, everything that we talked about, we'll link to some pictures, um, um, especially Bishop Seitz's uh, Twitter feed and everything, which is great. It's a great, powerful image. We can link to that, that document from the USCCB. Yeah, that's a, that's a exactly. document that comes. I mean, the work came out of committees, but that comes from the entire United yeah. States Conference of Catholic Bishops. That's yeah. something we all voted on. Somebody would like some reading material that can reflect mm -hmm. on that, maybe. So, mm -hmm. yeah, all of that will be in our show notes. Um, but uh, just be assured of our prayers for you, and please pray for us as well. So thank you once again, Bishop Wall. You're welcome. Thanks, Suzanne. God bless everyone.